thought deeply about why someone chooses to be a surrogate or gestational carrier? What are the implications that someone assumes when deciding to carry a fetus not intended for them? Will they grow a bond and feel attached? Or will they have reasoned the process and experienced enough to separate themselves from the fetal carrier bond? Today, I'll be diving into the experience of surrogacy and the extent of an emotional tie to the fetus. Based on our findings, I wish to discuss the social construction of the fetus and what creates that tie between surrogate and fetus. I plan to utilize the narrative learned about in the abortion debate, as similarly, the construction of the fetus dictates the emotions and perspectives felt. To establish some definitions for our episode, I want to differentiate between a surrogate and a gestational carrier. Surrogates use their own egg for the formation of a fetus, therefore genetically contributing to the child that they carry. Gestational carriers, on the other hand, utilize IVF in vitro fertilization of the intended parent's genetic material to form a fertilized egg, then to place inside of the carrier. The gestational carrier contributes no genetic material to the resulting baby postpartum. For our purposes today, we'll be using these terms interchangeably while interviewing, but then clarify whether or not the person is assuming or speaking under terms of contribution of an egg or depositing a fertilized egg inside of the uterus. Interviewing my surroundings on Vanderbilt's college campus, I decided to ask a few of my friends what they thought about surrogacy and if they'd ever consider doing it themselves. Depending on the person, I feel like I'd want to know who the person was. It'd probably be like a relative or a very good friend if I was to be a surrogate. And I'd also have to consider whether or not it'd actually be my egg. I feel like I'd be more hesitant if it was my own egg uh, than if it was somebody else's. I personally would not become a surrogate. I'm personally like really afraid of the concept of childbirth. So even doing it for my own kids right now kind of freaks me out. So I think doing it for somebody else is very scary. I guess in like the sense that my brother, my brother is gay, so he cannot have children with his partner. If they felt very strongly about me being their surrogate, I may reconsider, but that's maybe the only reason why. While college students in their 20s might seem hesitant to become a surrogate, surrogacy has become an extremely practical and popular option for couples to conceive. Surrogates today make an average of $40,000 to be a gestational carrier. Surrogates also receive compensation for all medical procedures relating to pregnancy, health insurance, psychological support, and therapy options, additionally including stipends for food, transportation, housekeeping, and wellness. Surrogates also will receive more compensation for multiple pregnancies, invasive procedures, companion support, and more. Since the first surrogacy in 1985, laws, norms, and agencies have developed to work to protect the surrogate, the child, and the intended families throughout the agreement. With all of the factors to weigh when deciding to become a surrogate, including the support and compensation for carrying a child, we'll focus on the question, what are the psychological implications of surrogacy? Before we unpack the implications of surrogacy and the fetal surrogate bond, we must wonder, who is a surrogate? Women who become surrogates must have had at least one successful pregnancy with no complications. Additionally, these women undergo many psychological and physical checks in order to ensure that their experience is positive and healthy for both the surrogate and the child. Genetic surrogacy is only legal in four different states. Legal policy describes that fewer genetic surrogacy pregnancies decreases the problems regarding legal parenthood. Additionally, legislature states that surrogates tendency to be more attached to the child if it is a genetic surrogacy, and therefore they are more likely to change their mind about handing the baby over. 
In order to get a more personal perspective on the experience of surrogacy, I interviewed Leah Morgan Pena, who was a surrogate in the early 2000s. I asked her her experience of surrogacy, why she even chose to do it, and the emotional bond and ties with the families and the fetus that she experienced, if at all. I think I might have decided to become a surrogate when I was in high school. Uh, there was a paper I had to write on current events and somehow I stumbled upon an article on surrogacy and um, just knew it was something, I was drawn to it. Then years later, uh, after having my own children, I had some very good friends that could not conceive a child on their own. I had gone through a number of rounds of IVF and uh, that was not successful for them. And I had offered to be a surrogate for them. However, they decided to adopt. I went on to investigate um, how else to become a surrogate. And at that time, um, I found an agency on the East Coast that worked primarily with same-sex couples. I'd had a lot of gay friends and knew it was something that I could do for a same-sex couple and many, many people who were surrogates might not do that. And so I decided to pursue becoming a surrogate for a same-sex couple at that time. I had had two children of my own before I pursued surrogacy and then had four children as a surrogate, twins uh, for one couple, and then to individual births for a, sep a separate couple. I had never had an interest in utilizing my own eggs for surrogacy, so I pursued gestational surrogacy from the beginning. I don't think I would do it if it were my own genetics that were being contributed to the child. My pregnancies as a surrogate differed from my own pregnancies in a couple of ways. Um, they were definitely very clinical with IVS procedures to become pregnant and then the parents of the child were very very involved in all of the doctor appointments so there were many of us going to the doctors while I was pregnant um, as a surrogate and knowing that it wasn't your child from the very beginning um, those bondings didn't occur for me I've never really attached easily to anything, including human beings. Um, not that I didn't bond with my own children, but it definitely isn't, um, for me, the same as some, some women's um, bonding instinct. One cute thing that was very different in the pregnancies is that when we were out in public, people would say to my children, oh, aren't you excited that you're going to be a big sister? And both my girls would yell back in unison, no, that's not our baby which certainly um, raised a lot of eyebrows, especially in Sheboygan, Wisconsin during uh, the early 2000s when I was a surrogate. I did not have a hard time differentiating between the bond of the four babies I had as a surrogate uh, versus the bond I had with my own children. I did visit uh, the surrogacy children, the four of them that I had, a few times um, in their early uh, childhood up until about the time of kindergarten. Uh, saw them multiple times and flew out to New York just to see them and their parents. I developed a good bond with their, their parents and it's fun to see the children you carry grow and the families that you helped create grow. Before I decided to be a surrogate, um, I didn't really worry about the interactions. That article that I read in high school and 
I kind of digested it um, for years before I actually became a surrogate. I thought about it a lot and my expectations about attachment and the relationship with the children that I had as a surrogate really turned out to be as expected. Um, In the beginning, it was much more of an aunt type of relationship. And then now, as the children are older and nearly graduating from high school, I feel more like the long lost aunt that sometimes has a, a quick email with the parents. It's interesting because uh, my experience with surrogacy and the parents that I had children for was a really phenomenal experience. And I went on to speak at the center in Manhattan, the LGBTQ center, uh, on a panel about surrogacy a number of times, and also worked for a social worker and a surrogacy agency out on the East Coast to get uh, an online community up and running for surrogates who mainly carry children for same-sex couples. So it it turned out to be a big part of my life for many years uh, and then faded kind of off into the background. I, I can say it was probably one of the most um, life-altering things I've ever done and the most important thing I've, I've ever done in my life is helping to bring uh, those children into the world and help to make families um, that might not have otherwise been. Leah's important perspective and experience of surrogacy allow us to see the actual lived experience rather than the perceived one that is often so advertised by our society today. Lots of different movies and perceptions, including the ones of my friends at the beginning of the podcast, allow us to buy into this fear of ownership and bond that really just doesn't exist in the right people who have chosen to become surrogates. Research shows that an average of 41% of surrogates feel a special bond with their child, much lower than originally assumed and hypothesized in studies. Additionally, that special bond is unique to the surrogate fetal experience rather than the experience of a mother and a child. Michael and Morgan's argument of the social construction of the fetus in the abortion debate allow us to see the ways that this same debate and view is viewed in surrogacy. In their paper, Michaels and Morgan argue that the pro-life view aims to focus on the mechanisms by means of which life before birth come to be understood culturally as the existence of a particular entity with a distinct identity. That construction of the identity proves to be so large that the mother or surrogate is completely overlooked. This narrow-minded viewpoint of the pro-life argument removes mothers or surrogates from that equation. I believe that this argument can be tied directly to surrogacy and the entity of which the bond is so inseparable from um, someone who carries a child or a fetus for nine months just because of the ways that um, people view and put into focus the fetus so much more than the surrogate or the dynamics existing outside of that particular cell life whatever you want to call its being. The snowballing value of a fetus's life and a fetus's experience even before birth removes completely the existence of lived experience and family dynamic outside of that fetal's development and being inside a person's womb. 
Using accounts and perceptions like those of my friends who were interviewed for this podcast is really important because it highlights the ways that our society buys into that imperative instead of questioning why and maybe reframing our focus. I believe that even though the college experience is a little bit skewed because none of those people had had children before, once you've experienced childbirth and having a child and thinking of it in a very specific and particular way, um, you'll be allowed to separate that and really see the true autonomy of each situation. Thank you for listening today on my brief podcast on the surrogate experience and the implications of surrogacy, specifically the fetal surrogate bond. If you'd like to learn more, specifically regarding the research and analysis on this topic and the experience of surrogates and families, please see my research paper that I've completed in addition to this. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time.